0: Today is a unique day. Do you all know today is one two three one two three? Did you hear about that? That's pretty pretty clever. Apparently Las Vegas is making a lot of money on that. So uh, a lot of people getting married on this day. Um, so. Uh, anyway, besides the point, um, today we're starting a new sermon series, uh, um, uh, meaning that we're going to be focusing uh, on a certain book of the go- uh, in the Bible, and that is uh, the Gospel of Mark. Uh, each week, uh, we're going to be reading a little portion of the Gospel of Mark and seeing what it means for us today. Uh, and uh, we're going to uh, read through the Gospel of Mark all the way through Easter. We're going to start in chapter 1 and end it at Easter uh, with um, the crucifixion. Uh, Some scholars have said that the book, the gospel of Mark was written um, by a close associate to Peter. Uh, Others have said that actually Mark worked with... uh, Paul he traveled with Paul, and that 's the reason we don 't have any birth narrative infancy stories, meaning the stories of how Jesus was born or how Jesus was an infant, because Paul was more concerned about salvation, so the Gospel of Mark just dives into the story of salvation so so that 's kind of a little bit of a framework um, i don 't quite know who influenced Mark. Uh, I could, it could go either way. Uh, I'm fine with either of those uh, theories. But the gospel of Mark uh, is a is one of an action. It is the shortest gospel out of all the four gospels uh, that are there. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, it is the shortest, and it's always on the action, the word. And then Jesus uh, is something that we're going to be hearing a lot. Um, and um, Jesus is always on the move. He goes from one thing to another to another. So... So today is December 31st, and today happens to be a Sunday. Uh, For some of us, we can't wait for 2023 to start, 2024 to start. Uh, Last year was difficult, and we are saying sayonara. I am glad it is behind us. The reality of our heartbreak is real. We had some challenges, lost some loved one, broken relationship, maybe a loss of a job. A lot of hurts and we are saying, I'm ready for 2024. For others, it was a good year. A lot of new things might have happened. First grandkids, kids getting married, start of new relationship, start of a new job. Life was good in 2023. And you're saying to yourself, I can't wait to see what 2024 is going to bring. And then for some of us, we find ourselves in the middle. How was 2023? Eh. Was it good? Yeah. Was it bad? Eh. Right? Okay. Was it joyful? Yes. Was it not? No. Right? It was an okay year. 2024? Eh. We'll see what happens. How many of you are in that space? Somewhere in the middle, people. Right? For uh, for me, I, I was kind of there, but uh, then December happened, and... Uh, the way we ended our year um, was quite eventful in our family. Um, my daughter turned 16. She got her permit. Uh, and uh, the whole world changed for my wife. She was literally swabbos, <laughs> crying the entire day, saying, I can't believe Samira is driving. And she actually might have given my wife a heart attack. You know? She went for her first drive with her mom. So anyway, so tomorrow we ring a new year. Right? We ring a new year. For some, there are expectations uh, for this new year. And for others, there's not. For some, it's a new beginning. It's a start of a new beginning in the midst of life. The past is not completely erased. We have joys and hurts alike. But yet a new beginning is happening. Right? That's our reality that we find ourselves in. Tomorrow is just another day. But at the same time, no, it's not just another day. It's a start of a new year. We have kind of find ourselves in that, in that space where the past is still there and the new reality is not yet come. I kind of want you to hold that tension. The tension of the past not being quite gone and the newness not quite being there. As you hear these words from the Gospel of Mark, this is what we read in verse one. The beginning of the gospel of jesus christ the son of god here the gospel writer is saying the beginning of the gospel the word gospel in greek means good news the beginning of the good news even in the midst of regular days even in the midst of days that are just normal in the midst of days that are filled with Heartache and brokenness. Here, the beginning of the good news of Jesus. We know from reading the Christmas stories that Angel Gabriel came and told Mary and Joseph that their son is to be named Jesus. And here, it's just not Jesus. He's called Jesus the Christ, meaning he is the Anointed One, the beginning of the good news to the person who reads the story of Jesus. He's not just Jesus, he's Christ. Meaning he is no ordinary Joe, but he is Christ, the Messiah, the one who will save you. Jesus is introduced to us here. Not just as Christ, but then another tag is given to him. He is the son of God. Jesus' humanity and divinity are introduced here, and that is good news for us. The God, the creator of the universe, who spoke the word and all things came to be, that God who breathed life into Adam and Eve, that God is now incarnate, the Son of God living amongst us. The God who promised to restore the relationship in God, in humanity, in the Garden of Eden. Now has come into the world just to see that. This is the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. After this proclamation is done and we are introduced to who this person is. That we are going to read the story about for the next several months. After this proclamation of giving Jesus the title of who he is, we are introduced to a man named John the Baptist. John the Baptist, or John, he's an odd fellow here. His appearance is rather unique. We are told that he was wearing, a, he was, he was wearing cloth made with camel's hair. Like he literally shaved a camel and turned that hair into something and wore it over him. And I was looking into it, and it's actually a thing. Y'all, did anyone know this? That people actually wear camel sweaters now. It's, uh, they're very expensive. You should check it out. So John was leading a trend there, right? He took camel's hair, turned it into a robe, has a leather belt around him, and he just looks odd, and he eats even much odder things. He eats bugs and honey in the wild, Right? That's who John is, eating honey, looking strange. But the message that he gives and the location of his message is very, very important. The reason John is being described this way is because he is being described as Elijah. Elijah was a prophet that looked very similar to John. So as someone who was reading this story for the very first time, who who knew the Old Testament scriptures in and out, a person who's reading this immediately would have identified John as the prophet Micah spoke. And this is what the prophet Micah said in the Old Testament, that someone like Elijah is going to show up and he is going to be the forerunner. He's going to be the messenger that is going to come and speak before the Messiah arrives. And here Mark is telling us that John the Baptist is the one who is promised as Elijah. He has come to prepare the way of the Lord. What Mark is trying to say and to us and to remind us is the story of Jesus is a fulfillment of all the promises. That were made in the Old Testament. So the place where John is preaching is not in the temple. Where the place where John is preaching is rather in the wilderness. He's speaking in a place that is dry. That lacks shade. The conditions in the wilderness are pretty bad. In the Bible we see a certain theme. When the word wilderness is shared with us. We find ourselves in the wilderness. There is something special. People in the Bible are taken into the wilderness to encounter God. In the gospel story, we see that people are traveling into the wilderness to experience God. This morning, may I say that maybe we might be going walking through a spiritual wilderness. When we walk through the spiritual wilderness in our own lives, it can take a toll on our soul. But when we walk towards the wilderness, acknowledging that this is a difficult place for us to be, we end up encountering the living God. And that is what people were doing when they walked into the wilderness. And here is the message that John the Baptist is giving to those who are walking into the wilderness to hear John preach. He was preaching the baptism of repentance The forgiveness of sins. He wanted the people of Israel to leave their sinful ways. And baptism was a sign of their confession of their sin. He called on them to repent from their sin. The word repent, again in Greek, means to turn around, to have a change of mind, to have a change of heart, to think differently, to act differently the people of god of israel walked away from god and john is saying to them repent of your sin turn around think differently the call of repentance rings true to us today when we are convicted by the holy spirit to the sins that we have committed the right thing to do is to ask for forgiveness saying god i'm sorry I'm sorry for the ways I have sinned against you. I'm sorry for the ways I have sinned against my neighbor. Maybe you're hearing a gentle prompting of the Holy Spirit this morning that is calling you to repent of your sin for the wrongs that you have done. May you hear to this promptings and turn around. See, when we turn around, we turn towards God. We turn towards a path of righteousness. We turn towards the path of doing the right thing. We're called to live a holy life. The purpose of John is to be a forerunner. The one who goes before the main act. If you've ever been to a concert, right? You know the main act is coming, but somebody else comes and opens the concert for us. And here, that's exactly what John is saying about himself. He's acknowledging that he's not worthy to untie the shoelaces of the Messiah, who is Christ. But rather, he's there to to call the people of Israel to repentance and to give them baptism. But the one that's coming behind him, he's much greater. That is what John is doing. And then we see in the story that then Jesus is baptized in the waters of Jordan um, by John. For others in Israel, the baptism meant repentance. Repentance, a sign of repentance from their sin. Even in our tradition, the United Methodist tradition, when you read uh, our sac- uh, the, the, the liturgy for the sacrament of baptism, we see in those words that there's this language where we acknowledge that in baptism we're repenting of our sins. So the question is why was Jesus baptized? Why was Jesus baptized? Yes, the people there were being baptized because they needed to be to seek forgiveness. But why was Jesus baptized? We acknowledge to this truth that Jesus was fully God and fully human that he was with no sin. So why was Jesus baptized? There are two reasons for this. Um, one is Jesus, uh, when he entered the waters of baptism, he identified himself with us. In the event of baptism, Jesus identifies with us so that we can follow Jesus' example through the waters of baptism. And the second reason is when we read all the Gospels, the baptism is the first act that happens in Jesus' adult life before the beginning of his public ministry. Before Jesus does any teaching or healing, the first thing that happens is his baptism. And after his baptism, we get to hear the start of Jesus' ministries. When Jesus was baptized, we read that the heavens were torn open The Holy Spirit anointed Jesus that came down as a Tao and blessed him. And a voice could be heard saying, you are my son. With you, I am well pleased. At this point of the story of Jesus' baptism is where Trinity is revealed to us again. Where the Father, God, you hear the voice. You hear the Spirit coming down. And the son of God standing in the waters of baptism. After Jesus' baptism, Mark tells us the story of his temptations where there are a lot, there are not a lot of details. Um, When you read the gospel of Matthew, uh, Mark, um, and you read that, it just says that Jesus was tempted. He was taken into the wilderness and he comes right back out and he starts teaching and preaching. Some have argued the reason we don't have a lot of information about Jesus' temptation stories is because this gospel story was written so close to the time that Jesus walked on the earth that everybody knew what the story was. So Mark didn't feel the need to add those stories. And others that have argued or interpreted it saying that for for Mark... The temptation was not a one-time event, but rather Jesus was tempted constantly. And Jesus had to fight those temptations and constantly choose to do the right thing. I like this opinion because Jesus lived and experienced life just like you and I do. Every day we face temptations. Every day we need to make the choice to do the right thing. Take courage. Jesus was tempted regularly. The devil is not trying to pick on you and tempt you more than the person next to you. No, this is what the devil does. And we are called to seek righteousness in all that we do. But there is something interesting that happens here in verse 14. And verse 14 of Mark 1 is almost a pivotal thing for our understanding as we look through the story of Jesus. This is what we read. Now after Jesus was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. There are a few things here that are taking place. First is John's life has changed. He has been arrested. This is what John did, right? John comes in, preaches a message of repentance, and then he's arrested, and then later he's killed. And now Jesus begins to preach. I wonder if John was the forerunner I wonder how Jesus' life is going to turn out. So the message of Jesus is very similar to that of John. It is simply filled with hope. Remember, I said the Greek word for the gospel means good news. Here Jesus is saying, he's proclaiming the good news of God. Saying the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe in the good news. Repent of your sins and believe in the good news. Nothing complicated. Here again, a call to repentance, a call to turn around, change the way you think and act. Turn away from sin and turn toward God. Friends, maybe this morning you're hearing this gospel, this good news for the first time about repenting, about changing your ways, and seeking Jesus. If something inside of you is saying, I need to do that, I need to repent, friends, that inside voice is the voice of the Holy Spirit telling you to turn your life around and to walk towards Jesus. If this is the first time you heard this good news, please reach out to one of the pastors, to me, And we'll be happy to talk to you about what it means for us to walk towards Jesus. What what it means for us to walk with Jesus. What it means to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Jesus is preaching this good news. And we come to the last section of the passage that was told, read to us today. It is the call of the disciples. Verses 16 Passing along this side, the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea. For they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, John, his brother, who were in their board, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. The dis- names of the disciples are very familiar to us. Simon, who will later be called Peter, Andrew, James, and John. These are the first four disciples that Jesus calls to follow them. A couple of things for us to consider. These people don't know much about Jesus. Jesus just started his public ministry. It's about preaching the good news. What I shared with you from verse 14. The kingdom of God is coming. Repent of your sins. And here's what's fascinating to me. When Jesus goes before these four individuals. Simon, Andrew, James and John. And says come follow me. They drop their nets and follow Jesus. They leave behind their families. They leave behind their livelihood and their community. All because some guy showed up, was preaching the same message as John the Baptist, does not dress the same way as John the Baptist, but gives a message of hope. And they drop their nets. follow him I wonder if they would say like wait a minute didn't John say the same thing about God's kingdom coming and to repent of our sins wasn't John arrested if we follow Jesus what will happen to us what is going to happen to this guy Jesus I wonder if they sat down with Jesus and said Jesus I'm willing to come but I have a couple of questions I'm giving up my livelihood and my community and everything that I know. I'm leaving my occupation. Like, if I follow you, do I have a good retirement plan? Can you share a little bit of what the benefits are of following you? No. When Jesus says, come follow me, they drop everything and they walk with Jesus. Friends, here's a reminder I'd like us to consider this morning. Following Jesus, discipleship, comes at a cost. When Jesus says, come follow me, are you willing to drop what you might be holding on to and follow Jesus? We're about to start a new year tomorrow. Tomorrow. What might we need to drop this year in order to follow Jesus? Are we hanging on to certain things and saying, "Ah, I don't know, Jesus, if I'm willing to drop this? See, when you read the stories in the Gospels, there were others who Jesus called to follow him. And they came up with plenty of excuses. They said, oh, I need to take care of my... Parents who died, I need to take care of this, or I need to say goodbye to somebody. And in doing so, they missed the greatest opportunity of following Jesus, the Lord. This morning, consider what you might need to drop in order to follow Jesus. In the new year, maybe follow the example of Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And drop all things that are preventing us from following Jesus. So that we can journey with Jesus. So that we can walk with Jesus. Friends, I want to invite you this morning to walk with Jesus into the new year. Let us pray. A God who calls us to repentance. A God who offers forgiveness for our sins. God, we hear your call. Come follow me. God, we ask that you would give us the courage, the strength to drop that we are holding on to this year. Things that are preventing us from following you. May we drop them and follow you. In your name we pray. Amen.